everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 69, Gratitude. Now, it seems a little odd given all the things we've encountered and all the things we've been through and currently are navigating that gratitude would be the order of the day. But we did just have Thanksgiving here in the United States. And about a month ago, those of us in Canada had one as well. And hopefully throughout the world, I haven't done any research on this, but hopefully throughout the world, there's at least one day out of 365 set aside for gratitude. And maybe, well, I've, I've listened to some people who suggest it should be a daily thing. And I tend to agree with them. But I'll tell you why we're calling this gratitude today. Despite the inflation we have going on here globally and in the United States, despite the corruption we have both in the corporate sector and particularly the governmental uh, public sector uh, here and globally, despite the tyranny that is creeping all around the globe in uh, many of the countries around the globe, and particularly here in the United States, we still have a lot to be grateful for. I know I had time to reflect uh, this week. I don't take enough time generally to do that, but I made a conscientious effort to do so this time, and I do have a lot to be grateful for. I'm grateful for my family. Uh, My wife and I, in March, will celebrate our 53rd year of, of of marriage. Um, has it all been uh, roses and perfume? No, not at all. There were rough spots, low spots, and high spots. And through it all, she's been f- faithful and courageous and strong and lifted me up when I was down. And I've tried to do the same for her, and I hope and pray that it was successful at those times. There have been highs and lows. And the beauty of gratitude is that you recognize the lows for the teaching moments they present, and you recognize the highs for those little tiny segments of joy that make the next day worthwhile, that make getting up worthwhile and facing the sun. So I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm grateful for my parents who reared me, who gave me a sense of values and morality and strength that I haven't always displayed at times throughout my life. But as I get older each and every day, I find those lessons more valuable and more meaningful. So with that aside, now that I've spoken on gratitude while we're calling it that, I do have some news columns I'd like to uh, discuss with you. And before I do, I do want to mention the Omicron um, variant is now uh, ringing the alarm bells globally and all the health personnel. Although I did read an interesting article, and I should have brought it along to share with you. A doctor in South Africa, where this was originally detected, said, yes, it, it spreads rather quickly, but it's rather mild. So I don't know. We'll see how the tyrants and the bureaucrats uh, seek to use it for their own political gains going forward. I got a feeling it's not going to be the last one. 
And also gratitude may be difficult to express when we view all the lawlessness going on right now, the flash mobs and things of that nature. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling that respect and honor are two words that probably will be removed from the dictionary in days going forward. Okay, a column I'd like to recommend to you was in Zero Hedge on Saturday. And it was by a friend of mine. I, at least I consider him a friend. It may not be reciprocal. Jim Bovard. And he remarks and describes an element that he calls the Biden crackdown on thought crimes. Now, whether or not you agree with Mr. Bovard's premise, I happen to agree. Uh, I find this whole aspect of thought crimes uh, bone chilling. In fact, I'll go back to a couple of decades ago when we started implementing hate crimes to make a normal crime more excessive or carry a greater penalty than the original charge. Seems to me if you murder somebody and then you're charged with a hate crime for doing so, they're going to kill you twice. It seemed to me that many crimes, if not elements of instant passion, involve some level of hate or disrespect. So I, I think you want to keep an eye with Jim on this uh, categorizing of thought crimes. Another one I'd like to share with you is from Friday. And uh, it was a warning that fertilizer shortage could impact crop yields over the next year. Um, that's something that I think uh, you, you may want to consider. I got this article out of Just the News, uh, which is a website newsletter I get, or a, I mean an email newsletter I get. That was on Friday. It said fertilizer shortage could impact crop yields over the next year, mainly because of the reliance on petroleum uh, to make fertilizer. Now, let me tell you, I'm a little concerned about the way we doctor up our crops and grow them, but nevertheless, we needed abundance of production to feed everybody at least fully. And then you add into that the current inflation, a shortage of crops and produce, is going to make that even worse. Another article I found in the Artful Dilettante, and actually it was a little column written by Michael Hurd. He's a doctor of psychology, and he writes, and he is the master of the Artful Dilettante. And he wrote this on Saturday, or posted it on Saturday, wrote it on Friday, said this morning the stock market is tanking and the World Health Organization is holding emergency meetings to discuss a new COVID-19 variant. He went on to say that who the World Health Organization is the Chinese Communist Party. Biden is their puppet, puppet a useful tool in the destruction of America's prosperity and liberty. They're sounding the alarm about a new variant of COVID. Brace yourselves. They're worried about Biden's sinking popularity due to inflation, high gas prices, massive spending and taxation, and a decline in our way of life. Perhaps they're worried about election fraud and social media censorship not being enough in the next two election cycles. So 
well, lockdowns and mask mandates soon return. We have seen this movie before. Michael J. Hurd. He's sounding the alarm. Uh, Mike, I think, is a pretty reasonable guy all the time. And sometimes, sometimes he may use hyperbole just to get our attention. I hope that's the case this time. Another article I want to recommend to you, just for the joy of seeing that sometimes the little guy can prevail, even when he's beaten, even when he's been seemingly destroyed, even when he's down and out, he can come back and maybe win at least a segment of the battle. This is from The Hustle, which is another email uh, newsletter I get every day, and it was from Sunday the 28th, and it's the epic 30-year battle over the windshield wiper patent. And some of you may be aware of that, but I I found it just fascinating again to read. Uh, Robert Kearns, uh, K-E-A-R-N-S, invented the intermittent windshield wiper and basically had the patent stolen from him and fought for years and years to have that fixed. And so you may want to read that. It's an interesting article. All this started in 1962, which is 59 years ago, if you're adding. And uh, so that's in the hustle. From the 10th Amendment Center on Monday, the 22nd, um, I, I belong to this group, another email newsletter I get. They call it the TAC, but that's the 10th Amendment Center. Michael Bolden, wrote me, he said, if if you're like me, you think of the founders opposed to the fiat money, the Federal Reserve System of today, people like Thomas Jefferson or James Madison come to mind as being opposed to it. He said, even Edmund Randolph, for all their vehement opposition to Alexander Hamilton's first central bank scheme, But he said in 1786, Thomas Paine published an absolutely blistering attack on paper money. And uh, just to give you an idea that some people out there are recognizing that our system of currency is flawed. Our system of currency sits on a a foundation of sand. And uh, just be taking precautions and keeping your eye on other assets. Uh, to move in, to take that fiat money while it still has some value and convert it into other assets that'll that'll have more enduring value for you. And another one from the 10th Amendment Center, this is Mike Meharry. He said, if you give politicians an inch, they'll take a mile. This is from Wednesday. The founders and old revolutionaries warned us about this over and over. He said, take John Dickinson, the penman of the revolution. He insisted that colonists need to oppose a disease at its beginning before the sickness could spread. And he wasn't talking about the COVID. He was talking about government action, quote, to help you stop the disease before before it grows and metastasizes. So, I guess the point is we've probably gone beyond that point in this government here. When you have meaningless, harmful laws being enacted by Congress 
and the executive. It's the bureaucrats that really take those laws and double down and make them even worse than all of us. And uh, so um, keep an eye on what they're doing so you can take precautionary and avoidance action. And then from Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, uh, I got this little thing from Hypergrowth Investing. That's Luke Lango's group. He talked about the thing his family be debating over Thanksgiving dinner, and he talked that was a family tradition. His mom was a, a high-style debater in her day, and he likes to debate with her, and he finally got his dad and his wife involved. And what they're going to be debating or what they did debate Thursday, and I haven't seen the results of it yet, was the impact, effect, and potential for batteries. You know, if you want to convert this to uh, an EV electronic vehicle system in the United States, you've got to have reliable and durable and safe batteries. Right now, you know, it's basically drive and charge, drive and charge, drive and charge, and charging stations aren't universally available. So we've got all that, the infrastructure issue, but but the primary issue is having a battery that can be used for long periods of time and retain a charge. And that's coming down the road. We may get one soon, but will it be safe? Will we have a disposal issue? Will we have to store it with the nuclear rods in uh, Yuma, Arizona, or Yucca Mountain, or whatever that is out there? I didn't do my research on that, and I apologize. But, uh, you know, creating things of power and energy and that help us are often good things, but the, the the unintended consequences may come back to bite us in the butt. And that's been the history of human development, hasn't it? And that's why we need a longitudinal view, a long-term view of some of these things before we jump on the bandwagon and declare them victory for all of us. So as the new things come out and as our lives get easier through technology and so forth, be grateful. Express your gratitude, but be cautious and prepared if the power grid goes down. That's episode 69, Living Liberty Today. Thank you for listening in. I encourage you to be free, stay free, and live free. I'm Charlie Earle.